like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. You know, <laughs> I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't lay eggs, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton, The Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. going on everybody welcome to the pwz podcast i've got a guest here today i've not had on in just over a year um been looking forward to having him back on today it's ryan frost how's it going sir it, i mean as well as it can man thank you how is everything you uh it's awesome you know just busy as hell working like crazy uh apparently you are as well uh, i'm right here in chow restaurant in thomaston connecticut this is where i pay my bills pal and this is where i'm sitting right now for this interview Oh, let's do it again. Cheers. Hey, cheers. cheers. What do you uh what do you got on what are you drinking there? Well, this here is um is water because that's very important for any athlete or regular person. Yep. This is just just a little tequila. It's you know ah, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. I am drinking I from if I remember correctly from our last uh episode that we did together, you don't drink beer, correct? Or not as much. I used to, man, and I I do love some of it. I will never not love Yingling. I think okay, great beer. Uh, here, okay. 
Oh, uh, Two Roads Two Con. It's a regular ale, not an IPA. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, all the IPAs, all the skunkiness, like, no offense to anybody. It's just not my. I actually hated IPAs up until about a year ago. Um, I tried one. Then that's uh, got me hooked on just trying different IPAs. Uh, right now, one of my favorites, right out of Connecticut, you can see this in the camera, Seafoam from Thimble Island. I don't know if you, I'm sure you're familiar with them, correct? No? Thimble Island? You're good. Thimble Island I have heard of. I know that's like a reputable, um, you know, the brewery and everything. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, I was an ale guy for about the first 20 or so years that I, uh, well, maybe closer to 30 years that I was drinking. So was able to drink legally, I should say. So I always like my uh, English ales, you know, Newcastle and, and, and such. So I started experimenting in the last couple of years. Well, the first beer I drank on draft was a Killian's Irish Red. I remember that. I loved it. <laughs> That's I loved awesome. Yeah. We used to buy that because uh, it was relatively cheap for a while. We used to buy that and uh, buy it for parties, you know, back in the day. So, <laughs> a little flavor instead of a Coors Light, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Coors Light goes down really good on like a nice hot summer day where it's like 200 degrees out. So, that's about the only time I'll drink that. But, uh, yeah, look at this. We're talking about beer here on the show. We should make it a beer show instead of a wrestling show. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Then you won't have me on because I don't have shit to talk about. <laughs> so let me ask you, what has been going on in your wrestling world in the last year? I know I've got some notes here. I'm going to ask you about some specifics, but, uh, you know, it's been quite some time since you've been on. Obviously, um, if you don't mind me bringing the subject up now, last time I was uh, talking to you, guys, um, you were tag teaming with Big Jim Anderson. Sadly, we lost him just probably a few short weeks after that. And I remember seeing him shortly after I had you on. Uh, he was throwing the idea about, me having both you on as a tag team, you know, and uh, I was looking forward to that. And then uh, you formed a tag team with him and you were going all over uh, the East Coast with him, right? if I remember correctly. I mean, we were out as far as Indiana and Ohio before. Yeah. You know, he, he did unfortunately leave us, which, you know, um, I I want to make abundantly clear, like we can talk about anything, like I'm good, but um yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Like there were some opportunities coming to us that that I had inkling of that I'm, I'm disappointed didn't happen. Um, at the time of his passing, he was my best friend in the world. We were at the gym three four times a week. We were at all these events together. If he was working, I was going with him. I went out to Pennsylvania with him. They were like, "Oh, you guys tag," and it's like, "Yeah." And then they're like, both of you, the big guys? It's like, yeah. They're like, oh, we're bringing you back. Like, everywhere we went, when they found out that we were a team, they were like, holy shit, we got to get you both on right now. Um, so it was really cool. It was it was uh, easily the coolest stretch of my wrestling career that I was, you know, working closely with him. Uh, it's just tough, you know, people – Unfortunately, he's not even the first friend I've had who passed way prematurely, and it's just, like, miserable for the family, for the friends, for anybody. And in this instance, we're talking about fans. We're talking about the fans of his music who now no longer get to go see Two-Fisted Law play. 
you know, talking about the fans of his wrestling who in whatever different place can't go see him wrestle. It's it's ruinous to a fan base. It's like pain. Yeah. Um, he is surely missed. I mean, I know um, he was just a great guy. Every time he walked through the door, he had a big smile on his face. He had a great, great big handshake or hug for you. And it's it's very sad that um, that that had happened to him. Yeah, it, you'll hear people say that like I'm I'm easy to get along with and shit. But like at the end of the day, I don't like a lot of people. Yeah, and he and he like stepped into my life and became one of the only people that I truly confided. In. He was like one of my best friends. Uh, I I uh, you know really really lost somebody there, but so so many other people that I'm not trying to diminish anyone's. On it like we all looked up to this guy he was a, a great human being and um at the end of the day he went from like everyone trying to bury him and trying to get rid of him to everyone talking about how great he was in a, like six months yeah you know? yeah and uh he deserved every chance he got and every opportunity he got and every spotlight he stood in and uh, yeah, it's it's truly criminal that we don't have this individual in our lives anymore. But it is very sad. Uh, you guys had captured, if I remember correctly, you guys had captured the New World Extreme. Now I'm, I might get this name wrong. Uh, tag team titles right before he passed, probably within a couple of days, right? I believe. No, or maybe we, we had captured them, and then we had one opportunity to defend the belts at UFO in Malden, Massachusetts, at one of my favorite buildings to wrestle in, against the House of Pain, who trained with Jim at PAPW. They were friendly with them. I'm, I'm friendly with them. You know, I, I don't... They're great guys. ...drives with them, but, like, I'm friendly with them. It was a really cool experience. And without Jim, that show never would have happened because right. it was Bosch and Jim putting that ring together until minutes before doors opened. And they got it done, and we had a, had an event, and we had the opportunity to defend against those guys. It was all fantastic. Um, and then the weekend that he passed, you know, we, we performed on Friday, and then CM Punk came back to wrestling in Chicago that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, I believe that Sunday he defended – or no, he challenged – for the blood sweat and tears championship against flash and then that monday night he went to training and that monday night he and i were texting and he said i'll see you at the gym at eight and i was like ah, i might be more like eight fifteen, but i'll see you and then you know yeah yeah um it was very sad i remember when i found out i know i've told the story a million times on here is that uh, i was doing a podcast uh we were previewing a papw show and Big Daddy was here, and he just kept – his phone was blowing up. It was Mario uh, trying to get to him to tell him the information. So, yeah, that was a very sad – very, very sad day. And then when Big Daddy returned a few minutes later, it uh, he broke the news to us. And, yeah, things weren't the same for the rest of the for, – for a few weeks. You know what I mean? It was just very heart-wrenching for the New England scene because a lot of people love that guy. For real. Yeah. I uh... – yeah, it's and, and you know I've got I had gotten close with certain people that he was close with in, in that time, and it's just 
it, it was so much more painful than losing like a performer. You know what I mean? It was, it was literally like this guy would do anything for anyone that he cared about. I don't even like part of me wants to like completely divulge and like part of me wants to just like kind of hold some stuff close. But, um, you know, I was really close with him for about a year before he passed. And and I don't think I've known or even met a better person. Like he was, he was a complete gem of humanity. Yeah. And you guys were just starting out as a team. So things could have just gotten so much so much bigger. Well, so think about we, it. we knew that we were going to be teaming. Yeah. And we teamed once before at Test of Strength at Fight for Your Dreams 2. And now, in September, we're about to do Fight for Your Dreams 5. So it was that long ago. Wow. And, and, and that's where we, like, really, like, we had known of each other and we had been friendly acquaintances, but that's where we, like, became friends and started, like, working together a little bit. And, uh, you know... Yeah, we had only been a team who had won a championship and defended so many times and stuff. But, like, we had been working together. We had been at the gym. Like, he brought me to Universal Fitness in Watertown, Connecticut, that I would suggest to anybody who wants to get pains. Um, We had been training together, like, weightlifting and stuff for, like, at least a year before we won those titles. Okay. And, and every day it was like, yo, I believe in you, brother. I want you to be better, brother. I want, I want to make, he had to, he had to talk me into getting good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, when I was in high school, I wrestled amateur wrestling and I wouldn't go to the gym because I was like, no, nah, man, I don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm already fit. Fuck it. Uh, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? You're definitely allowed to swear. Yes. Okay. So I won't abuse that, but. I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm already strong. Um, Jim was like, Jim used to talk about my tiny baby shoulders. And I used to think, like, my upper, like, chest, arms, body was, like, my strength. And he was like, well, you know, we got to work on those tiny baby shoulders. And I'm like, what? So he he was looking for a car because he had he was back in Waterbury, Connecticut. And that's where the Brass City Devils comes from, because Brass City is Waterbury, and we were a team. And that was his name, and I didn't like it, and we went with it, and I'm, now I'll never not like it. But uh, he was looking for a car, and I introduced him to this dealership, and he got a car. Like, they, they, they worked with him. They made it happen. It was Westside Automotive on uh, Chase Avenue, no, or Chase Parkway in Waterbury, Connecticut. I know that area. My son plays basketball over there. So Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so this guy got him the car he needed. And uh, he went, picked up his car, and left a note on the windshield of my car that said, you have tiny baby shoulders. <laughs> when he went and picked up his car, because it was across the street from the place I was working. He used to, you know? Yeah. And, uh... You know, and if I'm in good shape now, it's because of him. So nice. That's 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 a really great story there. Let's move along a little bit. Uh, you know, as much as we can probably sit here and do a whole entire episode talking about Jim and and uh, us remembering him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. 
Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. You know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't lay eggs, please. (laughs) I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt. Available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Bolt, Bolt, Volume, Volume 1. 1, Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling So, um, what else have you been up to this year prior, outside of, you know, everything else, wrestling and stuff? I got, I, what's that? You were there on July. <laughs> I got that in my notes, but there's a whole that, bunch of stuff before if, that I want to talk about. <laughs> so, if anybody ever wants to ask me a genuine question about the Test of Strength Championship, I am telling you that's the most important championship in the world. As far as I'm concerned, test of strength. It, it's my screensaver on my phone. Like my lock screen is test of strength. Like the fact that I ended up there. So I was at PWA with, with Joseph von Schmidt and, and uh, Moonshine McCready and Dickie Moon and Bull Dread. And um, I really enjoyed my time there. And I, and I really did learn a lot. And I really did have an opportunity to to get introduced to the wrestling business. And when the school closed, I ended up at Wagner's at Test of Strength. And, um, you know. Before you went to uh, Slick Wagner Brown and Test of Strength, how, how many matches had you had under your belt uh, outside of PWA? Outside of PWA? Well, like, you know, coming from PWA outside of TOS, like before going to TOS, how many matches have you had? Like, um, I, no. I, Oh, okay. No matches. Okay. That's why that's why I, I rely so heavily on TOS and, and give them the credit for a lot of what I've accomplished because I got my start at PWA and, and I never would have done anything without them. So like I right. give them all the credit in the world for that. But when I started Test of Strength, and this had this is not PWA's fault. When I started Test of Strength, I was ready to start training in earnest. And, and, like, really, like, start to make a name for myself and earn it, right? Oh, am I frozen? Nope. I could still hear you. Yep. Um, so this has nothing to do with PWA, and I'm not casting any shade. Like, I had a great time with them. 
But when I started to test the strength, it was about six months before I started having matches, you know, and and I debuted in May of, uh, I don't know, four years ago. 2018? Yes, roughly. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's been great. It's been outstanding. It's, it's the most uh, vilifying and, and uh, not vilifying, validating and um, rewarding experience of my life is, is, has been being part of Test of Strength. So I uh, I know you you got a match this coming Saturday. We're gonna get to that, but you have won the uh, Tough and Talented United States uh, Heavyweight Championship. Tell me about the. I could not find that information on how you uh, won that uh, title. But uh, was it in a battle royal or was it a tournament? It was against Hippie Dicky Moon, who was one of my trainers at PWA. Okay. And uh, Zachariah Gibbs, who trained with Jim at PAPW. Yep. And uh, Richie Rich, who was in WWE, and uh, he was he was the kind of guy he was an enhancement talent, but he was he's a good hand, he's a good wrestler. Okay. And he uh, he he probably entering that match would have been the favorite. To and and I have it on all accounts that. Um, no decision was made based on anything else that had happened outside of wrestling. But, you know, I got in there and I fought hard and and I pinned Richie Rich and I got that championship belt and he can come back and challenge for it whenever he wants. I'll fight uh, anywhere, anytime, and it'll be a friendly contest between two badass fighters. But um, that day I came out on top and it's been over a year. Uh, okay. All right. So I have, um, I think it looks like I've only got some information. I know that um, Tough and Talented is celebrating their one year anniversary uh, show this Saturday, in which you are the United States champion. And I believe you're going to be defending at this weekend, correct? Definitely. Definitely. So I saw that you had uh, defended it uh, against Battle Academy's Lorenzo Vendetta earlier in the year. Uh, tell me about that match and tell me what it was like working with Lorenzo Vendetta. I think uh, the guys in Battle Academy, they all got a, a lot of promise. A lot of these guys are very good. I think Lorenzo has that look of a star, uh, if you will. Um, I think that he's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of potential. I think he's very good. I actually would love to discuss this, and I'm glad you brought it up. All right. I like Lorenzo as an opponent, and I like him as a competitor. I think he's outstanding. Yeah. I don't think he could look any better. He, he's his physique. He's he's nuts. Yeah. Um, it's tough for him. Like in wrestling, there's weight class, mm -hmm. and I am a lot bigger than that kid. And 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 I have a little more experience in pro wrestling. I don't know about amateur wrestling. I I didn't get his background, but in professional wrestling, I had more experience. And um, he came at me with three dudes. And I don't, you weren't there for that one. Right? That one, no. I have not been to one of the Tough and Talented shows yet. I have uh, viewed them on uh, Don Kincaid's page, the uh, Kincaid Files, everything there. So. so I issued an open challenge, and the entire Battle Academy comes up. And I'm like, well, who, who's answering the challenge? They didn't even tell me. So I tossed somebody the mic, fucking started hitting them all, and then he was the one who answered. I don't even think that was the wrong choice. He might have been the best choice to win it that night. But, you know, 
he's outstanding. He's yeah. Good. Hunter's good. Jake Lynn is good. Skyler's good. They're all good. Yeah. The problem to me about the Battle Academy is that they're all good, but are they all, like, really ready? Like, are they all, like, obsessed with the opportunity to go out there and just win everything they can win and just get everything they can get? They think they are. But when they really are, they're not going to rely on each other and they're not going to rely on the the battle of numbers. You know what I mean? Right. Correct. Yep. I'm not saying they're not ready. And I did this and it looks like this. <laughs> um, I'm not saying they're not ready. I'm saying they need to grow even stronger individually, each of them, to be a better unit. I think that, uh, you know, Lorenzo, as we just said, you know, you spoke of him. I think that he's got a lot of potential. I think he's very good. Awesome. Hunter, Hunter, I think, also is very, very good competitor. Don't see him in a lot of singles matches. Uh, he was usually teaming with Lorenzo. Uh, let's see, Skyler, I think, has so much potential. She's been getting out there and being, you know, able to uh, wrestle a little bit more uh, outside of, say, PAPW or Duff and Talented and such. And then... Um, Tells the other guy. Jake Lynn has massive amounts of charisma. That guy could talk. He's like uh, so good on the mic. He is just uh, insanely funny. So he's he's just very good. They're all good. Yeah, They're all really good. They're yeah. all very good. I just think that like they should, even though they're in this group, they should focus on their individual strengths. I think Skyler's been doing the best job of that. But I think that's also because there's so many opportunities for female wrestlers or wrestlers who identify as female. I don't, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just saying, you know, Sorry. yeah. Yeah. She's been yeah. taking the opportunities she can get. She's she's challenged for the NWWE title now. Okay. She, anywhere I go, like I have an even chance of being Skyler, you know. She's, she had a she had a really good match at the the Cadillac Ranch with Big Juicy at the I think you were there. yeah you were there we're gonna talk about that yeah. a little bit later yeah yeah, yeah. you know I see yeah. these guys still trying to live off that name I gotta go beat them up but yeah <laughs> yes I was there. tell me about uh, working with the Mighty Bosch and Dirtbag Dan and Tough and Talented yeah um, again second time I had the open challenge. I had worked with both of those individuals in the past separately. It was a, it was a unique challenge to fight them at the same time. Dirtbag is a very different competitor than the Mighty Bosch is. Bosch is, uh, you know, by the rules, like straight on, like I'm coming at you and 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 he's he, a superhero. Yeah, well, he is a superhero, but he also has that advantage that you you. It's almost unfair sometimes to other people because he's so much bigger than they are and so much stronger than they are. And he is at least as big as me and he is at least as strong as me. So when he comes in there and tries to muscle me around, it, it goes back and forth. Yeah. But Dirtbag Dan, who is a wild card at his most subtle moments, let alone <laughs> when he's in there and he knows he has to go fucking nuts against two guys who are way bigger than him. Yeah. Right? That was a fun match. That was a really fun match. And a lot of cool things happened. 
and and I did somehow come out with the uh, the U.S. title, and that's that's why I'm defending it against Clipper Jones on Saturday. Okay, I'm not uh, too familiar with uh, Clipper Jones outside of an interview I've seen. Uh, they compete for Shut Up and Wrestle mainly. Am I correct? Well, no, he's done Shut Up and Wrestle, but he trained with uh, the 3D Academy out in Danbury. Okay, all right. So, is one of his trainers and his primary trainers, Randy Sean, Jay Buster. Yep. You know, so he, so not only is he learning how to wrestle the right way, he's also learning how to do underhanded tactics. And I have to find myself against that shit. You know what I mean? I didn't know that Randy Sean was still involved in wrestling. I have not seen uh, Jay Buster in God in so many years. I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden I started seeing him uh, pop up. Repeat that, please. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's the primary trainer at Bubba's school. At yeah, the I, academy. yeah, I just found that out. Um, I was watching the interview with a guy from out of there called Ken Powers. So I yeah, mentioned, but, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Randy is Randy's still definitely involved. I know he does most NWWE events. Okay, okay. I remember when he was with the... Uh, because he's been to Japan. He's done WWE spots. He's done everything. Yeah. It's really cool to be friendly with him and like learn and talk to him. I used to see him back in the day in little rooms or Masonic temples with maybe 20 people, if not less, you know, in West Haven, Connecticut. So, that's when, you know, yeah, that's when Connecticut wasn't so hot. We're going to talk about uh, the Connecticut, you know, as a whole in just a few minutes. But uh, okay. all right. So this is uh, we're going to talk about this one. You just mentioned just incredible even ECW legend June 29th. You made your, if I'm correct, you made your pay-per-view debut on Fight TV. Is this your, would you consider this your? W event? Yeah, the PAPW yeah. event. Uh, taking on Bull Dread. Yeah. You guys have a huge history uh, against each other. You guys wrestled each other uh, throughout, uh, if I remember, during his, uh, what was that, the Sexy Beast period of his no. career? No? Was He did the Sexy Beast, right? And then... When I was talking junk about hardcore wrestling, he wanted to fight me. Okay, that's right. I think we talked about this the last time you were on. Yeah. You want to fight? I mean, we could fight. And he came back with his kinetic beast instead of the sexy beast persona. And, and I was already busy making fun of his sexy beast persona. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he got the got the better of me at the tables match where I tagged with Jim Anderson, which again we came back full circle to my first time tagging with Jim. And you know, Bull Dread was there for that. Uh, what was it like working for a PAPW show? I believe, was that your debut for PAPW? Because I don't ever, I've been going to their shows for almost four years and I don't ever recall you ever being there before. If, if I were to be completely honest then I um, would never lie to the camera. Uh, I had I had one match at a PAPW Friday Night Alley fight that was just like not good. And I'm not going to name anyone who was in the match, and I'm not going to say a date because I don't know the date. But it was it was like really not good. So this must have been before I started coming around, maybe. Maybe, but it, yeah. it was it was bad. It was bad enough that I actually just recently learned that that's the reason why they don't call me or nothing but, and that's fine hey it's cool i've had some bad matches 
everyone out there and I've had some bad matches. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was rough, and I don't know that it was entirely my fault. And then I got blamed for some other shit that happened on the event. So, like, I get it. Yeah. But Mario has given me the opportunity to, to perform at these Cadillac Ranch events, which I love because I can get friends and family to Cadillac Ranch. Yep. Even if they don't like wrestling, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll go have a drink or something. Uh, so, but before we move on, like you are co- returning to PAPW for the next uh, Wild Wild Wrestling. Uh, it's a Sunday, the 24th, I believe. And has your opponent been named yet? Because the 24th, I'm defending the tag titles at uh, in Woonsocket for NWWE. So the 25th. It's the 25th, okay. Yeah, the 25th, I'm coming back to PAPW. I don't know who my opponent is yet, but I got to tell you, I've had two poor showings at PAPW. Like it, when I fought Bull Dread, it was fun. It wasn't a poor. I show. thought it was fun. I enjoyed that 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 match, and I I was happy to see you there. I was happy to see uh, Alex Rojas there. You know, I was. Uh, you know, it's we're buddies. Justin. You know, I, it was just uh, yeah, and Justin and HC Loke, and yeah, it was a fun night. But I, I got to win. So yeah. whoever comes out. On Sunday, September twenty fifth, I'm sorry, like it's it's gonna be the end. Like I gotta win a match for this company, or or like what am I doing showing up? Yeah. Shortly after July seventh, Tessa Strength, you took on the champion, Magnificent Marcos. And let's see, it seems that you at one point during the match had won the title. Let me just, let me just. And then, of course, Honest Abe and Marcos, there was some shenanigans there uh, performing throughout the match. And then they got to what they had uh, coming to them. Q showed up and he had video footage on his phone. Showed it to Ref Gina. And then they restarted the match. Let's talk about this because this is a very... You pinned Marcos. The entire place went absolutely fucking crazy. This has been built up for a very long time. You winning the TOS title had been built up. The fans were entirely behind you. I can't tell you how pissed off they were when Q comes out with the phone, shows a video to Ref Gina, and they have to restart that match, and they take, and then they end up walking away with that title. So it, the funny thing is with wrestling, it's like everyone thinks they know what's going to happen. And it's like, no, you don't ever know what's actually going to happen. Um, so he came at me with the walking cane from a that was just chilling there. Came at me like he's coming a hundred other people. He's hit me with it. He's beaten me with this exact same ploy. But I knew it. I saw it coming. I ducked the cane swing, grabbed the cane, hit the white Russian leg sweep just like the Sandman, right? Now, is me grabbing that cane after he already swung it at me, does that make me the cheater? Because he already tried to hit me with it. There was a lot of shenanigans going on throughout the entire match on those two. I don't even need the answer to that question. Maybe it does make me the cheater because he didn't hit me with it. But I grabbed it after he swung it at me, and I hit a move. I didn't even hit him with the weapon. I just hit a move. And then 
Rev Q, who arguably, but like clearly, has been in the pocket of Marcos and Abe the entire time, comes out and says, hang on, Frosty used a weapon. And then Gina, I mean, Blue Shoes, bro, she's one of the best officials in all of independent professional wrestling. It's only a matter of time before she gets signed. She is a gem in officiating yeah. wrestling. And I helped train her to, you know, just say. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. <laughs> you know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't like eggs, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. Do you like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, wrestling like scary movies what about science fiction and cult films then please visit shocking things you can search for us on your favorite podcatcher you can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media now try and enjoy the daylight shocking WC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC keeps you in the zone. Came out of TOS. All of this. 
I'm going to do everything I can to earn the shot that I should have at the Test of Strength Championship and remedy this entire situation. But as it stands, with Fight for Your Dreams, Frost for Your Dreams, coming up, because I was at the center of that controversy, Test of Strength has put me further into the center of the controversy, and now I'm the special guest referee for the TOS title match where Marcos defends in a four-way against uh, Sammy Diaz returning from injury. Moonlight Sun Mike Skyros, the heir apparent, the guy who everyone thinks is going right after the title, and Slick Wagger Brown, the underground king, the head honcho. It's not. Where are you going? I'm right here. Okay. You're going somewhere. I got my fridge behind my computer. Oh, okay. my new office has a my new office has a has a. Uh, we just moved into a new home, so I got this office. And it's got a beer fridge, so you know. Good for you. Bro. Yeah, yeah. So that was the most important part was the fridge for beer in the office. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But so all yeah. That, now I'm the special guest referee, Jimmy Mees, best. Enforcer outside the ring, making sure nobody does too much shenanigans. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to try to be in attendance for that. They got a lot of you know stuff coming up, so I'm hoping that I can get to that. It's a little bit of a drive, but not too bad, I guess. If not, I'm hoping. Is that going to be streaming? I know uh, Test of Strength is doing uh, more streaming with their stuff lately. We're all we're all telling Wagner, like you know, Northampton's cool, but. You know, we, we have people in Connecticut who want to see us perform in Connecticut. Well, I mean, you have an incredible fan base. Ryan Frost has an incredible fan, fan base in Connecticut that uh, after that last match, I mean, Northampton is cool as hell. Trust me, I've gone to a lot of concerts there and some wrestling there but uh, over the years. But after that match, I think a lot of local area wants to see uh, what's going to happen in that match. Well, here's one deal. Uh, East Hampton match. We had These the dudes. Yeah. We had the dudes. And we did Fight for Your Dreams 1. We did the first Lone Survivor. We did a bunch of events in this venue that was just incredible. And they hated me then because I was I was not necessarily pandering to the fans at that point. I was kind of like doing my own thing and, and kind of bending the rules or maybe breaking them. But the deuce was magic. And uh, we don't have that anymore. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. The, the the venue closed because of COVID. So now now we're looking for something in that area that's gonna really lock. And the Northampton venue is a fantastic venue. We just need to make sure the people come. We only have yeah. two uh, front row seats left. I think it's gonna be good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when what what is the date? Let's uh before we get out of this subject, what's well, the date of that? Uh, that's September 17th. You have Loki. You have the most influential professional wrestler of the last decade fighting for the K1 against uh, Ichiban. I remember seeing you know, Loki through the years in the independence working the Northeast shows for years and years and years before he even went to WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, any of that right. stuff. 
he would work all these shows and little rooms and stuff like that. So it would be really cool to come here, to come to that show and see him work this show. It really would. Because back in the day, I was a huge fan of his and I thought he was an incredible performer. I don't think he ever really got his just due as far as uh, superstar status. You catch me? It's tough. It's tough yeah. when you're uh, that legit a badass and everyone kind of hates you for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, uh, I'll tell you the other truth. I don't mind the fact that I'm not wrestling on this card because Loki and Ijiban is going to be the most intense wrestling match that the Northeast has seen in like at least five, ten years. This shit's going to be fucking nuts, bro. Uh, Ichiban, of course, uh, an incredible, incredible performer. This guy is just, yeah. I had a chance to go to the uh, Beyond show. What was that? American Rana. And I went to the Wrestling Open show beforehand. And uh, who did he wrestle that night? Shit, I don't remember. But I I just remember it being good because I look forward to seeing What's that? I said you probably don't remember who he fought, but you remember seeing yeah. Ichiban. Yeah, I remember the night before was the Blood, Sweat, and Tears show, and I think that he took the uh, was that new title they added, the territory title, correct? I'm sorry, one more time. I'm no, I'm sorry, six way title or something. Yeah, yeah, it was the uh, yeah, and that was a good, great, great match as well. Yeah, so let's go. Uh, was it just about uh, April or August seventh? Excuse me. You, Mike Skyros, teamed up to take on Jordan Rowe and Magnificent Marcos. This was a great match. This was my first time inside the Tessa Shrink Dojo, believe it or not. Never. You know, I decided after that show in Waterbury where you fought Marcos that I'm going to try going to more Tessa Shrink shows because I had an absolute blast at that show. I took my young son, seven years old, who Ichiban is one of his top guys. It's Ichiban and Colt Cabana are his favorite wrestlers. <laughs> so, and so he wanted to go. To have he fun. was ex- yeah, he. Uh, we had so much fun going to the dojo. Mind you, it was hot as fuck in there, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So tell me about this match here. Uh, you team in with Skyros, who I, another guy who I think is off the charts great. So uh, the only other time I had been in a ring with Skyros was for Survival Championship Wrestling, which is on a little bit of a hiatus, but there's a battle royal. The last two people fight for the collar and elbow championship. And, okay. and it was me. And like, I'm a good guy. He's a good guy. We're trying to like just compete. And, and it was tough because when you're competing with somebody like Mike Skyros, you got to, you got to pull out all the stops. You got to do everything yeah. you can to win. Cause he's not the biggest guy, but he has the biggest fight. Like, He's in great shape. He's in phenomenal shape, both like strength wise and also conditioning wise. Um, and his finishing move, the the Skyfall DDT, it, it's a little complicated to set up. But like, if he hits it, you're done. Period. Yeah. Period. Like you can't. Nobody can get up from that. Um. He's an outstanding athlete, and he is the odds-on favorite to win the Test of Strength Championship at Fight for Your Dreams 5. Um, it was an honor to share the ring with him, and it always will be every time I get the chance to. So then we do this tag match at training day, and, and it almost seems like, 
like a gimme. I'm like, I got this guy. There's no way I'm losing this match. Like, we're going in there against Marcos, who I'm already pissed at, you know. And uh, Jordan Rowe, who the grapple god Jordan Rowe is is a unique talent as well. He wrestled in college. He's he's virtually impossible to beat because he just he doesn't quit, and he's in such good shape himself. Um. I did hear I did hear that me and him doing a little mat wrestling was kind of a favorable uh moment and and that made me happy because I did wrestle in high school like amateur wrestling is a passion of mine. I coached varsity wrestling actually for a couple of years after I graduated from high school and um that that just means I know how good Jordan Rowe is. Yeah. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun to be in the ring with him. It's never fun to be in the ring with Marcos. Like, I hate his guts. He's a jerk. And I, and I just want to punch him in the face every time I see him at this point. Um, so it was, I got to punch Marcos in the face and I got to wrestle with J-Ro. So the match you're talking about was, was a great moment for me. I loved it. I'm glad you mentioned, uh, I forgot, I think we discussed this last time that you wrestled amateur and high school, correct? You just said? Oh yeah, yeah, I was all state. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was not that good. I wrestled in high school as well. Uh, it was definitely a passion of mine. It still is. I do watch uh, amateur wrestling. You know, um, I was not nearly that as good as anybody, but uh, I enjoyed it tremendously. I wish I had uh, worked that harder. That age, that's what yeah. matters, right? In yeah. high school. Yeah. Wrestling in college, I wasn't competitive like that, you know, but wrestling in high school is, I mean, that's, if you're having fun, like, that's what it's for. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I watch it every year when the collegiate is on and in the States and stuff like that. It's, uh, the, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing sport. It really is. It's, uh, I wish I could, uh, get back into the workout regimens that I had back then. Cause I'd probably, if I tried that now at almost 50, I'd probably die. So. Well, you, you know, you, you introduce it, you know, gradually. Like, first start with tying your shoes because. <laughs> I wear slip-ons at this age. Come on now. Like, let's be serious. <clears throat> so, August 20th, you uh, took on Matt Awesome for Blood, Sweat, and Tears for the very first time. I'm a huge fan of Matt Awesome. I think he's very, very good. And uh, I've had a chance to see him at Coliseum Pro and Paradise Alley. What was it like working with him? Um, so I, it's probably a fault of my own. I walked into that thinking I was just going to terrorize this individual and take away the win. You know what I mean? And that's, uh, that's definitely, when you're an athlete, you don't want to think that way. You want to like prepare for your opponent and you want to make sure that, you have contingency plans for when things don't go the way you want them to, right? Right. And uh, I, I did not do those things. And, and sometimes you get caught not doing those things, and sometimes it costs you an L. And uh, that may have been what happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I've got some great pictures of that. Uh... If you feel any better, I've been beating myself up about that. For, for here, uh, but I, I continue to do better. 
Uh, that's pretty much it. You're going to be the special guest referee. And then uh, let's talk about the NWE Tag Team Championships with uh, the High Voltage Omar representing the Humidor against Bosch and TKO. Yeah. Um, yeah, Saturday the 24th. Yep. Um, we, we fought them a couple weeks ago at Charlie Bravo's in Putnam, Connecticut. Um, we, I'll be honest, we tried to kind of cut corners and, and take the easy way out and cheat a little bit, and it, it didn't work out in our favor, and that's, that's why we devolved into a fucking brawl and fought to the back, and really what we have to do is focus on these guys and, and know how we want to beat them and, and execute a plan. You know, and in Woonsocket, the humidor rules. Like, the humidor is the boss in Woonsocket. So, just like it was with me and Jim when we won the tag titles over a year ago, uh, we just, we have to beat the tar out of these individuals. Just beat them until they can't even fight anymore, and then just take that win. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You got some great stuff coming up. We've uh, talked through uh, most of it. That it, Actually, we talked through everything that I had notes for, so I'm happy to hear that. Um, why don't you tell everybody where you can be found on the social media? Social media is easy. Um, Ryan F. Wrestles. And the F, since I'm allowed to swear, doesn't stand for Frost. It stands for fucking Ryan fucking Wrestles. There you uh, go. Twitter, which I don't use very much at all. Uh, Instagram, which is purely gimmick. And then um, on Facebook, where I've got the, the page that's like an athlete. Um, and that's the best place to be where I'm going to wrestle and stuff because I post all the, the events and everything. All right. So I thanked you. I did uh, the promos. I did social media. Ryan Frost, I want to thank you so much for joining me a second time. We definitely have to do this again. Uh, you're one of the best best people I've had on here in this time. I always enjoy seeing you and chatting with you. Well, I, I wish I saw you more, and I know that that's not always possible, but I hope I will continue to see you more. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be around a little bit more depending on, uh, you know, my work schedule, my, my son's sports schedule. Now he's in football and basketball both at the same time. I feel like I'm going to die, dude. Like, seriously, I'm so tired driving back and forth and then working two jobs and trying to maintain this podcast. So but I want to thank you. You're doing well maintaining the podcast, and we all appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll definitely see you very soon. And don't forget, people that are listening, Tough and Talented, this Saturday, uh, Torrington, Connecticut. There will be a link inside the description of this episode. Click that link uh, for the information to get there. And there's going to be a lot of great professional wrestling in the state of Connecticut. There always is. Connecticut is very hot right now. There's, what, uh, five, six different promotions that are promoting right now. It's killing it. We're doing such a great job. Probably more like 10, 12 because it's really like much shit. Like, there's people are doing everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a rumor about another one returning to Connecticut as well. So pretty good. And then there's like four to ten that are like okay. And then there's stuff that like nobody should ever have to see. <laughs> oh, there's that too. Yeah, we're doing. 
Yeah, Connecticut's hot, so you can always check my page out. You know, um, I film a lot of it. I was sitting from the crowd. Uh, go and check out Fogman. Go check out Don Kincaid's pod, uh, page. You know, all those guys film tons of wrestling from around the Northeast, especially specifically Connecticut as well. So enjoy, everybody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in here today. Enjoy. Appreciate you, Rick.